I am Chef Mark Amberpratt, and you are listening to Ingredient Insiders. This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we will be talking with chefs and food writers and any kind of food experts about their favorite ingredients. We then talk to the producer of that ingredient. We talk about the history of it, how it's made, and why chefs love to use it in their kitchens. On this episode, Andrea, we will be talking about a wonderful ingredient that to me is kind of new. Yeah, I think it has a bit of like a scary reputation. Not that it's a new thing because it's been around for thousands of years, but we are talking about fish sauce. And we've got two great guests, actually three great guests. Mm -hmm. We've got Chef Mark Andelbrat from Lotus of Siam at the Red Rock Casino in Las Vegas. Yep. He's a great chef, been around for a long time. Love him dearly. And then we have the father-daughter team at, from Red Boat Fish Sauce, Tiffany and Kwong Pham. Yep. And they're going to be telling us, you know, all about the the history of their company, how they're making fish sauce, um, why theirs is unique versus a lot of the other ones that, you know, we see out there. They're going to be joining us from Vietnam, so from cool. Saigon, on so the line. Cool. Um, so we've got Mark in Vegas, the Pham Pham. In Vegas. Yep. I mean, in in, in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. And we're talking about this very interesting and wonderful ingredient that I don't think is getting its due in the world. Although, as I say that, maybe it's just me who doesn't really know anything about it that's naive and, you know, not not fully aware yeah. of it. Because if you go into a supermarket today, yep. you will see Red Boat Fish Sauce on the shelf. You might even see another yeah, brand of fish Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to see multiple types. So how do you use it, John? I'm glad you asked that question. I use it in seafood preparations, but I think we're going to learn yeah. things today. But I will use it. I've brought, and I listen, I had a, I've, I've had seen chefs using it and that's, I've kind of copycatted it. Mm-hmm. I've brushed it onto fish and seafood. Mm-hmm. And then grilled it. I've used. I've done that after grilling. Um, I've diluted it with olive oil and use it as a marinade. I've uh, had it made a, a savory broth with it. But I'm still intimidated by it. And yeah. I really hope. I think on this episode, I'm going to learn a lot from Mark and a lot from the fams. Absolutely. I remember my first introduction to fish sauce. I was in culinary school my freshman year. I cannot remember the chef's name, the class I was in, but it was a a Foods of Asia class. And everybody was assigned a dish. And of course, I was assigned pad thai, which has a million ingredients. And I remember seeing fish sauce for the first time and thinking, like, kind of like icky, like, what is that? Um, But now, like, you're talking 20 years later, I appreciate it more, you know, for what it is. I I love... um, like a Vietnamese papaya salad, green papaya salad. Tell me about it. And like that to me is like, I love putting tons of fish sauce in there. Do you like Vietnamese food in general? It's one of my favorites. I order it, I would say once or twice a week. I agree 100%. It's so good. Although, where do you, you know, the the biggest issue is there used to be some wonderful Vietnamese restaurants in New York. Mm -hmm. I may, again, not be too aware. I know there are some We good went ones to that, that one together. That are still here that are wonderful. But I feel like when I leave New York, and if I go somewhere like Las Vegas, yep. 
if I go to Denver, Colorado, Portland. if I go to any Portland, mm-hmm. I go to cities in the United States that have Vietnamese communities, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, Texas, yep. Houston. Wow. Amazing Vietnamese food. And to your point, one of my favorite things to eat. Yes. I feel good about eating it. It's clean, it's light fresh. flavors. It's not heavy. Uh, A lot of herbs and a lot of fish sauce. And it's that secret ingredient Mm -hmm. behind these. It gives it that depth of flavor. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about fish sauce on this episode, John. Fish sauce, here we come. Woo! This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Gotham Production Studios in New York City. We're here in Las Vegas. We just got off an airplane. We Yeah, we just landed in Las Vegas, hopped in an Uber, mm-hmm. and here we are in... Is this considered Las Vegas, Mark? Summerlin? This is Las Vegas, yeah. Las Vegas at the Red Rock Casino, which, by the way, stunning. Beautiful. Smells really good in we the wa- lobby. Yeah. Wasn't thing, expecting that, First to be thing honest. I noticed, I was like, this is the best smelling casino I've ever been in. And I don't know what casinos you've been in, but they all smell pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I usually hang at the Circus Circus and, you know, a couple of places <laughs> down on the Strip. There you go. Um, but what is what a thrill. We are with a very old friend of mine. He's not old. I'm old. But it, I've known someone You're I've old. known for a very long time, yeah. Chef Mark Andelbrat, who is now, are you the executive chef of Lotus of Siam and Noxos? And executive what? chef and culinary director of Lotus of Siam Red Rock. Yep. And Noxos Taverna and Caliso Oyster Bar. Amazing. So Mark and I, we were just talking about this. We met in the late 1990s. You were working for Chef Rick Tremato. Yep. In Chicago. Yep. Super fine dining. Mm-hmm. He was buying a lot of truffles and foie gras back in those a days. Lot. What were you, like 18 years old? <laughs> I think I was 26. Okay. Maybe 27. Okay. I feel like you were younger. I, w- I want to say that I was younger back then. Yeah. But you had a really like kind of fine dining, high end journey, right? Always. I mean, from from the get go, from culinary school to all the stages and you know all the training I did, and living in Hong Kong for you know six months to actually do front house work for the Regent Hotel. Interesting. Um, not back house, but front house because service is important to the food. So you have to understand the service aspect when you create dishes and you're writing menus and you're trying to direct people. You know, it's kind of the journey of being everyone's role before you take the big role. Um, That was just part of that that journey. I like that. I don't think any chef that we've talked to has done both front and back of the house. I don't know. But I do know is, Mark, you've had almost like two separate lives. One was this, let's call it, east of... The Rocky Mountains, where you were working mm-hmm. in Chicago, you were working at some of the greatest restaurants yep. in New York. Chicago, Danielle Morimoto. I opened Morimoto, New York. You were in Philly. You were a private uh, chef for a famous movie director. Yeah. And then what brought you to Las Vegas? Well, all that kind of, you know, every, every situation happens, you know, and it's all situational. Uh, you know, you get that call. And I was, you know, working for Morimoto at the time, and I got that call and said, you know, what about Las Vegas and this restaurant called Tao? Didn't really know much about it at the time. Did a little research and I said, well, of course, yeah. Who doesn't want to excel to the level of the best restaurant 
highest grossing in the country, maybe the world at that point. Um, and so that brought me to Las Vegas. Had a really great, strong stint there. We did amazing things there. Uh, food quality, numbers, profitability, you know, all the things that you want to do as a business person and a chef at the same time. I mean, this is a business after all. Um, but I got drawn back to the East Coast. Um, had a family, had a great opportunity with, you know, a celebrity director to take a little less stress off, you know, the restaurant life um, and let my daughter, you know, know her, you know, her dad for a little bit. Have a little which, bit of a normal <laughs> yeah, Normal, life. not normal, but, yeah. but, but actually really enjoyable and, and very pleasant. Um, but, you know, that itch is always there, you know, and um, back to Vegas and was with Wolfgang for about 10 years. So Wolfgang Puck Restaurant Group. Yeah, was with him all over Las Vegas, all over the country, opened up restaurants in Shanghai, opened up the Pendry Hotel in West Hollywood, uh, which is top to bottom, all Wolfgang properties. Um, and so, you know, here we are. Yeah, I think what's interesting, um, you know, we've we've done a lot of these episodes, and I think working in Vegas is a much different experience than anywhere in the world. Can you kind of like describe being a Vegas chef versus being a fine dining chef? I, I think there's a couple different Vegas chefs. There's the on-strip Vegas chef in certain properties. Um, and there's the off-strip chef. And then there's a hybrid. There's those that have been on the strip that are moving off-strip. And perspectives have changed. Demographic I mean, the overall city has changed. The city has been booming, continues to keep booming. You know, we have sports teams. We've got the best concerts. In the, it's, it's truly back to the entertainment capital of the world. Um, and that takes a lot of different personalities. It takes that personality that has worked the super high-volume celebrity restaurants, big-pressure to take a step off the strip, but still have those same sensibilities because that same client that used to be on the strip every day now wants to spend more time at home or closer to home, doesn't always want to venture to the strip for an event. They want to have the same quality meal, but they want to have it 15 miles away. So it's not just out-of-town guests that are coming to the restaurants. No, it's... You've got a local population huge that's local. savvy... Locals have always, local, local, local has always been really the bread and butter, I hate to say, but bread and butter of, if you even if you're a, a very highly successful restaurant on the Strip, you need the locals to support you. And locals, I mean, they're, you know, some of them are celebrities, some of them are, you know, real estate moguls, some of them are rock and roll moguls now. More than ever, people are moving to Vegas. I just ran into the guy from ZZ Top. Yeah. You can't miss him with his beard. You can't, That's hilarious. Well, you can't miss him, but then you double take and you're like, wait, did that just happen? Yeah. And coolest guy in the world. That's just awesome. Says, hey, fist bump. Hey, love your music. He's like, he's, just, he's loading his groceries. You know, you've got the, professional athletes here now, you know, all the entertainers, all of them. And, but again, the, you know, the, the locals want, you know, again, they want that quality. Um, the tourists want that quality. 
there's more tourists staying off strip than ever. Wow. You know, they still want that experience. Does your, how is your role, you're not sitting behind the line cooking every night now. I mean, this is now a managing people position, a designing kitchens. No. A, talk to us. Yes, yes and no. It's it's everything. Yes. It's designing kitchens. It's thinking about workflow. Um, It's strategizing on uh, station setups. Um, And it's also eating or going through. I mean, no joke, I probably went through 400 tasting spoons myself last night. It's tasting every single dish. And in this early stage of, of, of this restaurant, it's, it's daily. It's on the line, um, back and forth. But it's, it's trying to get that coordination down. But it's taste, taste, taste. And that's how it, you know, I've been for 30 years. You know, you taste your food, you taste your food, you taste your food. And are you recruiting young chefs? Is it hard still to find good talent to get to work for you? I wouldn't say it's hard. Yeah. It's just not easy. Yeah. Um, But I think when you, if you can back up the thought process of what it takes to make a good cook or a great chef, it's still mentoring and teaching and tasting and tasting. And when something's not right, it gets pushed back. And this is the adjustment that needs to be made and retaste it and then give me the right dish. You know, it's, it's, that, it's, it's constant and it's consistency. I love that idea of tasting because and someone you worked for, Alex Lee, Chef Alex mm-hmm. Lee at Danielle in New York, even as a purveyor, I would walk in that kitchen to sell truffles or whatever I was showing him that day. And he would say, John, come here for a second. I want you to taste this. And I would taste one spoon. He goes, now taste this. And it was probably what I was selling him that day, too. Mm-hmm. It could have been a produce. He'd be like, taste yours. Now taste the one that I'm buying from the other guy. Do you see the difference? And training, like, the palate, yep. mm-hmm. I, I consider what I learned from Alex very invaluable. And that was Absolutely. a kitchen you worked in. It's a, I worked under him. And it's like, yeah. taste this, then taste this. There's no mystery in it. I think that's amazing. Like, a it's great kind thought. of part of our job, John. Like, we do, we call them cuttings. Yeah. You know, so we go to chefs and we show them you know, all of our different products, you know, we have, you know, 12 different kinds of canned tomatoes and you sit there and you taste it and, you know, you figure out what's best for that specific customer. Yeah. Now, speaking of tasting, Mm -hmm. this is Ingredient Insiders, by the way. We could talk talk for hours about things in the restaurant world. Um, We're going to talk about something very specific, especially for a place like Lotus of Siam, and that is... Fish sauce. Fish Fish sauce. sauce, which is really great. I'm so happy to talk. We have never spoken about fish sauce before. We haven't. Can unless you, you consider colatora fish sauce, but I don't. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, fish sauce can come from anchovies, but colatora to me is very different. Yeah. Talk, Mark, can you tell us about it? Well, I mean, just fish sauce in general. It's such a, um, I mean, we've gone, what, the last decade about talking about umami, 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 mm-hmm. and everyone's got their different ways that they, you know, Japanese umami, sea kelp, and natural MSG, and you know, miso adds umami. Um, fish sauce is just so unique, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's scary to most people, though, mm-hmm. that don't know about it or know necessarily how to use it. I agree with and, that. And, and, I agree 100%. You know, um, you know how, to, how to dilute it, what is just enough. But it is literally a just natural flavor bomb. Um, and very key to Thai cuisine, you know, just like, you know, Thai chilies are. Um, raw Thai chilies, different than dried and roasted. You know, dried and ground, 
different than dried and roasted. Mm-hmm. Um, adding a fresh chili into a dish um, in the moment, adding a fresh chili into a dish after, totally different flavor profile. Um, same thing with fish sauce. You know, fish they're, they're the fish sauces that are really stinky and gummy. Like and assertive. Are, oh, really. It's like, intimidating it, when you open a jar of that and you yeah. smell it. Yeah. It's like, right? But then there's a lot of them that are like kind of mellow and some are sweet and a little bit more savory. And again, some are a little bit more fishy than others. And it's really about knowing like what fish sauce is like right up, like right up your alley. Um, kind of no different than there's different shoyus and stuff. And, you know, you know are we in, infusing with matsutake? I've got a great matsutake shoyu and, you know, that, you know, I keep in the, in the back for little, little things or a black garlic one that I, you know, might want to glaze on a steak once in a while. But, you know, those fish sauce elements really, when you, when they're layered in with the other ingredients like kefir lime and lemongrass, um, and the right chili for that dish really allow stuff to just kind of come alive and you don't even know why you know if i told you that you were eating fish sauce you would say what yeah it's 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 in there you don't know it's in there and that's the exact purpose of it but then there are those those dishes where it's 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 a lot of fish sauce because that's what that dish requires first of all what is fish sauce made out of does it yeah it's it's there's a lot of anchovy in there a lot of anchovy mackerel Uh, you know, krill, shrimp that is salted and then fermented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, depending on the quality, typically sometimes they're, um, you know, they're reboiling it, they're constituting it to try and clarify so it's clear mm-hmm. versus, you know, yep. like an oyster sauce, which is, you know, not going to have that. Right. Um, sometimes they add caramel color or other things uh, for, for flavor as well, but. And it's not oily though. It's not, no. which is a no, big difference not, between that and no. like a garum or a colatora. No, no, no. It's not oily. I mean, like even even making a, a very light dressing for a salad mm-hmm. has a little fish sauce in it. Yeah, I love that because it brings out that little pop. Mm-hmm. But you need all, you know, like anything else, you need some sort of balance on that. And part of that is like the lime juice or the kefir lime zest that goes into it. I mean, everyone thinks of kefir, you know, kefir lime leaf. Well, we use the whole lime and the leaf and the zest. You know, so and and that that floral element that comes from an ingredient like that plays off that other ingredient. I feel like the fish sauce would like round that out. It's like the base yeah. almost, and then you would get all of those bright notes from the lime. Yeah. So like we compare this cooking all the time, like the the Thai cuisine and the Thai cooking to Italian and French and Spanish. You know, that there's all these subtleties in cooking. Everyone thinks, oh, it's just, it's pad thai. Well, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than just pad thai and, and the noodle and, 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 and the glaze on it. There are those little elements of fish and, and nuts and, and oiliness that you get from, you know, from, or viscosity that you get from like a nut. But all that stuff has a balance. It's no different than Italian cooking that has, you know, a butter and a stock or French cooking and reductions of, of a demi-glass um, and the additions of a truffle or, you know, what, but they're all layers of flavor. This is no different. That fish sauce really brings that pop to dishes that, that no one knows about all the time. Right. But it's 100% there. Do you think it's like a, what is that moment? Like when you're tasting, like you're eating it and you're like, what? I can't, you know, John, like when you're. Yeah, I like- think it's, I think it's for me, it's, I, I am aware that it's in there now. 
but like it's, as your palate has developed, but it's behind the scenes almost. It's adding, it doesn't. It's not trying to be the star of the show, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the support mm-hmm. that really gives that little extra boost to a dish. It's like oyster sauce and something. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there's okay. oyster sauce, for example, in our vegetable egg roll filling. I have a confession to make, and that is, I love most every type of cuisine and did for most of my life. And I would always say to people, I had Thai food a couple of times, and I'm going back many years. But the first couple of times I had Thai food, I despised it because I went to one place and, you know, whatever the dish I had was, all I tasted was coconut milk. And I'm like, God, this is awful. The next time I went, it was, you know, just, I felt that there were so many things added in. And then one day I was taken to Sri Prapai in Queens in New York and I had these dishes, the green curry with chicken stands out or the papaya or mango salad. And I was like, this is incredible. And I realized it was the balance of all of these different things that were going in that made such a difference. And now I'm a Thai food addict. Mm-hmm. Like I can't get enough of it. But to like to- if you had our Sam Thumb Thai without fish sauce in it, we can mimic it. Yep. For someone that's vegetarian, but you're not going to get the same little pop that you get. Yep. And again, like you said, we don't, you don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling. Right. You just know that it feels good. Right. You know, and that's kind it's of the another magic. layer of flavor there. That's that magic of the fish sauce. Yeah. What would, so for, I have a bottle of Red Boat fish sauce in my home. I love and it. And it lasts for a long time. I yeah. love it. I had a friend who's a chef come over two summers ago, and he was doing some dishes. And he said, you know, run to the supermarket and get some fish sauce because I need it for... He just did some grilled clams. You know, he, he took clams, threw them on the grill, put them in a bowl, and then tossed fish sauce in there. I didn't watch exactly what he was doing. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my home. And I I didn't even cook it, of course. What do, what should the home cook be doing with fish sauce if they go to the store and they get it? It's a great question, John. Um, something I do all the time, probably every weekend, just about. I smash Persian cucumbers or seedless cucumbers. I take a little bit of the seeds out, smash it, and do a little marinade with like cilantro, uh, Thai chili, uh, fish sauce. And we'll splash this away and a little bit of olive oil. How much fish sauce are you putting in there? Just the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more of like a feel, it's right? Just, but it's it's just to like toss it and let it marinate because then you know that fish sauce kind of pulls some of the um, the water out of the cucumber as well. Yeah, you can always salt the cucumber beforehand, and it's just like such a great little snack. Yeah, um, it's just so easy. It's it's kind of like using just I, I don't want to say seasoning salt, mm-hmm. but it it gives that extra that extra Oomph. boost. So just a yeah. marinated cucumber. Yeah, I've I've I also done. Now. Uh, I've also done like, uh, you know, Thai style sticky ribs at home with like, you know, nice rack of St. Louis or baby backs mm-hmm. and let them marinate in something like a little soy, some brown sugar, fish sauce, chili, some herb, let it marinate and then roast it and then just use that same marinade just a glaze. Um, it, again, it just adds that extra, that extra pop. To I have it. another question in the because re- you worked in French restaurants, fine dining, American fine dining. Are people sneaking, chefs sneaking fish sauce in those cuisines? Yeah, of course we are. (laughs) (laughs) We're just not telling you about it. So this is another secret sauce. We don't talk about it. We always use it, though. You do? Yeah. That's great. Oh, it's a a great ingredient. And, you know, it's like, you know, even in like a cocktail sauce, 
You know, this oh. like that's a great idea. Or mushroom cocktail. Th- th- think about like some like this Americana ingredient called Worcestershire sauce, yeah. right? Liam Perrins, right? Throw out a rant. By the way, you said that really nicely because I can never say Did that I? word. <laughs> I practice it. <laughs> Try it, John. But that, I always say Worcestershire. But, yeah, Worcestershire. But that well, but that's that's our that's our sh- our, our shorthand for it. But <laughs> but that's one of those ingredients on the kind of American palate that is that kind of similar flavor bomb. You know, I love it just on a, a simple grilled steak. Just you know, simple salt and pepper and a little of that, and it's fantastic. But that's one of those, the, the, you know, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Because there's, an, is, it, there, is it anchovy? There's anchovy. Yeah. In there. It's like a fermented food. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to move on to another podcast about anchovy. Yeah. Well, this, well. it's funny you mentioned that because this podcast was going to be called The Anchovy. But then we had some people say to us, oh, it's a little polarizing. It's a little like people, some people don't like them. But then we find out that everybody loves them. Yeah. I mean, we've only had one guest. Who said no, that they don't like anchovies. They love them even though they don't know that they love them. Right. Well, I mean, I'm going to say this, and I know it's like super boring, but like Caesar dressing. Anchovy. Yeah. Like my... Iconic. My mom will say, if I make Caesar dressing, don't tell me if there's anchovies. I'm just going to eat it. Because like to her, she loves it, but she doesn't want to love it. I don't know what it is about it that she won't accept the fact that she likes it, but... You would have left actually on the flight out here to Las Vegas... I was watching the movie The Original Bad Bears from like 1975 or whatever year that was. And there's a scene in that where the baseball team goes out to, and has a pizza party. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the pizzas that they're serving the kids. And the, one of the moms is like, you know, I was going to put a lot of anchovies on here, but nobody likes anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of you, Andrea. <laughs> but indeed we do. We do. We it turns out them. everybody we loves them. We just don't know it. We're pretty particular about our anchovies. But I think if if we're, if listeners um, who maybe aren't professional chefs, the one thing I would really like for them to get out of, get out of this episode is that fish sauce is more approachable than you think. And like, don't be scared. It's not expensive and it can really enhance what you're cooking. Well, it sounds to me also, not just the home chef, the professional chefs around the country. And I know we sell a lot of fish sauce at Chef's Warehouse. Mm -hmm. They all should be, if you're not using it, you never got turned on to it. If you never just had the, uh, a mentor who was into it, you ought to start playing with it. You can call Mark. He'll be your fish sauce mentor. Yes. Right? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. What a, so now let's talk about Thai cuisine because obviously it plays large in that cuisine. Yep. What are you doing at Lotus Siam with fish sauce? Well, it's in probably two-thirds of our, our sauce bases. Wow. Yeah. Probably two-thirds. And we have our methods for how we can avoid it if someone has an allergy. Uh, there's ways that we implement that same kind of umami without, have, uh, you know, having to use that product. But it's in, it's very prevalent in, in about two-thirds uh, of our menu right now. Are you using different fish sauces for different dishes? Or is there, like, one that you have found that is your base? We we have our base, and I can't tell you okay. what it is. I, I I'm going to go take a peek, John. I feel, yeah, go, well, I'm, I'll yep, distract you Mark, and you talking. run in the kitchen yep. and go yep. see what he's using. That's what's prevalent in our yes. style, which is typically more northern Thai, uh, where you know uh, other regions are going to use something that's a little bit more particular. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have one more question for you. Oh, okay. So, do you cook at home? You, right. you mentioned kids, so I'm assuming right now. I mean, you know, in, not currently. While because, he's in the middle of opening two <laughs> 500 two seat restaurants, it was more of a general question, not like today. Are you going to go home and cook? But you know, do you frequent, 
Um, Do you want Mark to invite you over yes, for dinner tonight? Is that what's going on? Well, not tonight, um, but I've got, I've got a couple big parties tonight. But John's uh, taking me out to dinner tonight. It's okay. He usually takes me as you know, but um, yeah, I do cook at home. I love cooking at home. So if I were to walk into your home, yep, invited, of course. And Would I you op- knock on the door or <laughs> ring the bell or just walk no, in? No, I'll, I'll be invited. And I opened your pantry. What are the five things? My I would, pantry or my fridge? Either. Okay. What are the five things I would always find? What are your pantry, fridge, staples? Gotta have them. Great salt. Okay. Really good butter. Mm-hmm. Great olive oil. Okay. Really great dried pasta, because sometimes I get home, and if I just want to make like a cacio e pepe real quick, you got to have some really great pasta. Is that four? That's, That's four. four. You have one more. And wine. Love it. He didn't even really have to think no, about it. Like, it just, no. that's, that's, that's the pantry. Yeah. Love and it. then everything else. Well, I would love to have Cacho a Pepe with you yeah. anytime. And I mean, this restaurant is absolutely beautiful. Like, If you come to Las Vegas. You need to come and see this restaurant. Eater it is Ward stunning. Best Design. It is stunning. It's just beautiful. It is. I feel like you're in a Thai garden, right? In you the, hit yeah. it. Is that it? You hit it. I mean, you, you absolutely nailed it. It's beautiful. And Noxos next door, this, you know, opening soon, Greek fish restaurant and oyster, oyster bar. bar. Looks yeah. like it's going to be a spectacular spot. Yeah, it's, we're, we're really excited and, and happy to kind of, you know, have, have this great relationship with the hotel and the resort and, and all, the, all the building that we're doing right now and bring some fun concepts to, uh, to Summerlin on this side of Las Vegas. Yeah, this is definitely, if you come eat here, it's going to be not just a meal, but an experience. So, wow, that's so poetic. Thank you. You nailed it. Mark and O'Brien. Thank you so much. So great. Thank you for having us. Let's go hit the slots. What an honor. Let's go. All right. Here we are back in the studio in New York City, and we have some wonderful guests on from very far away very very far away yes like 11 hours far away on an airplane yes yeah so we're really excited to be uh, and very lucky to be talking to tiffany fam and her father kwang fam who are in saigon vietnam andrea amazing and we are talking about um and i want to hear more about this their family business um red boat fish sauce one of the great products in the United States, is Red Boat fish sauce available around the world, or is it just the United States? Yes, Red Boat fish sauce is available in the States, uh, United States, in Australia, Southeast Asia, like Hong Kong and Singapore, and in Europe as well, like our distributors in Germany, but they're distributing all to the EU countries. It's a, such a wonderful product, and we had the chance to talk with uh, Chef Mark Andelbrat. Um, He's a big fan in of, Las uh, Vegas. Red Boat, absolutely, and he wanted to talk about fish sauce. And I think that fish sauce is an incredible product, but I don't think it's as well known in the United States no. as it definitely should be. Um, talk to us about fish sauce. What is fish sauce? Fish sauce. I like to describe it as, in its simplest form, it's the liquid that you get from fermenting anchovies and sea salt. Really, you could say that fish sauce can be made from any type of fish, but for Red Boat specifically, we focus on anchovies off the coast of Fuwak Island. But once again, let's talk in a broader subject. Fish sauce 
is just a pantry staple for Southeast Asian food, like Vietnamese, Thai, Filipino. And I think a lot of people too, they are not quite sure how to use fish sauce. And I always tell them, I mean, in Southeast Asia, people use fish sauce basically as a salt. It's usually used for seasoning. Anytime you need to salt your food, use fish sauce instead. Great. So kind of a universal seasoning. And are there, what's the history of your company? So obviously you and your father are the owners and partners and it's a family business. How did the company start and when did it start? Yeah, what year? Okay, I started um, back in 2006, right? So uh, so basically I grew up with good fish sauce. Fish sauce came out from Fukuok Island and my mom cousin, had a factory there, and that's how we got the supply from him. Uh, so I grew up with it. My mom is a great cook, and she basically just to cook food for us. So when I left the country back in 1979, I emigrated to United States. And that's something that was missing in a lot of the cooking because it's not the same. The fish sauce back then is not the same like something that we used to you know, when we were growing up with. Um, so I was working in tech industry, so I travel around the world quite a bit. Uh, so I went back to Southeast Asia uh, when I was with Apple, and then I traveled to Vietnam, and friends asked us to go to Phu Quoc Island, and then I went there. Didn't know much about Fisos until we visited one of the barrel house where they produce fish sauce and I took a couple samples, sneak it to my luggage, gave it to my mom, and she literally cried because this is something that we haven't had for so long and we just discovered that. And that's how we, we basically started the company back then because good fish sauce, the way it's made in the traditional method, it's not available pretty much anywhere because um, it's rare. In order to do with that type of quality of fish sauce, um, it's required a lot of discipline, paying attention to the detail. And then um, also with the distribution logistics, it's very hard for the, the producer getting it outside of Vietnam. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough that I can see from the both worlds. And, um, and it was, I just keep asking myself, I say this, Fish sauce is so good, I'm not sure why isn't it made available outside of Vietnam. It turned out it's, it would be because it's so good, it's so rare, when people get a hold of it, they blend it to make more of, of the volume so that, um, you know, can be served to more consumers. And, uh, and that's when I realized like, okay, if we want to keep it in pure form, the only way we can do it, we have to start it and then do it from beginning to end. And that's how we discover um, the product and that's how we started the company back then. One thing I'm thinking about, you said that it's fermented anchovies with salt. How long is the fermentation process? You know, paying attention to the details, what does that process look like in you know making the fish sauce? So as we know, fish sauce is made from fish and salt. And so salting fish, fermented for a period of time, then the liquid come out of it. Every region that has fish and salt, they can make fish sauce. Fukuok is a special place. 
the way they make it and the way the, the climate's there. So three main factors that make food work fish us unique is the raw material with any product, wine or anything. It had, had to be started with good raw material, which is the fish. The fish, the anchovies, that is found in the Gulf of Thailand that cover Fukuok, Cambodia, and Thailand. Those are the fish to start with. In Fukuok, people who catch the anchovies, this process, of, we're talking about the process, so when they catch the anchovies, they sort it immediately on the boat. And that makes a huge difference versus other people. They bring the fish into salt, they load it into the barrel, the vat, and then they sort it at the barrel house. That, that is the difference between Fukuok versus other places. Thai, they ice it. Fukuok, we sort it. And that's when we sort the fish, it does two things. It preserves the fish from being rotten. And then by the time it brings the fish into the barrel house, we sort, we, leave the fish into the vats, the wooden vats, for 12 months. And then with the temperature that food work is like year-round, um, hot and humid. And, and the way the warehouse is, is built it. Back there, this is like centuries-old process that people following. And, and basically, that's how the fish sauce, after 12 months, it's come out the way a red boat is made. So let me talk a little bit more, uh, the three factor, again, the, the raw material, which is the fish, and then the salt on the process with salting the fish on the boat, and then the fermentation environment, which is the wooden barrel, the wooden vat, and then the time of the fermentation, and then the temperature of the, of the island. The, those three things combined that give us, um, you know, Fukuok fish sauce, what it is. Really special. That's pretty cool. Um, talk to us a little bit about the fish sauce in the United States. And I, I see this fish sauce ever. I think I see it at Trader Joe's. I see it at the regular supermarket. Obviously, at Chef's Warehouse where Andrea and I work. We, you know, we do a very nice business selling the product to restaurants and hotels and caterers and country clubs and retail stores. Um, how much has the popularity of fish sauce increased in the United States since you started in 2006? So actually, I started the company back in 2006. The Red Boat was launched in 2011, five years later. This is like all the things that we've learned. I've noticed um, 80% of the, or more than 80% of the fish sauce available in the States before Red Boat was launched. It's come from Thailand because after the war, um, there's a trade embargo, so nothing's come out of from Vietnam to the States. So basically, Thai manufacturer took over the market of the fish sauce. A lot of fish sauce produced from there. Uh, there's a big difference between where it's produced and go back into, you know, steroid-related. Steroid-related meaning the same fish, the process, and then the climate of Fukuok is different than than the way it's been made somewhere else uh, versus um, even Phang Thiet is another town where they're making fish sauce as well. It's not the same because of those three factors. So the fish sauce that you've seen before Red Boat was launched, um, it's not the same like what Red Boat is. If you notice, 
it's all about the nitrogen level. The nitrogen level on uh, for Red Bull is 40 ends. I don't know if you ever seen the bottle that we have the 40 end sign in there, right? All the other fish sauce, I don't think it's coming anywhere close to 40 end. 40 end means 40 grams of nitrogen per liter, which is related to the protein. The higher the protein is giving the more depth, the more flavor, and that's how it's been cooked, then increase the flavor of the dish tremendously. And so that's how chefs notice it when we introduce it into the United States. And that's when, that's when bread boat is start growing from then. I've also noticed too, that um, in, in addition, in terms of when you're talking about people's perception of fish sauce, I noticed that at the beginning of Red Boat, there was a lot of discussion about how fish sauce is so scary. People weren't intimidated by fish sauce, but I think now a lot of the, that dialogue has changed and where fish sauce has really just become a, more of a part of the American pantry and people just know, just use fish sauce, use it for Southeast Asian food. There's not as much of that fear anymore. And I like to say instead, you really just have to respect fish sauce. You just, you don't have to be scared of it. Um, I'd be curious, what are the ways that you both love to utilize fish sauce? Are there things that Americans at home and chefs in restaurants, like what should they be doing with fish sauce? I know that this is probably the answer that every salesperson gives for Red Boat, but I use it for everything. Like I said, I mean, for Southeast Asian food, you think of fish sauce like a salt, right? So I'm using it in every single dish. Every time when I'm cooking and I think, okay, there's something missing, maybe there's not enough depth to this dish, then it probably needs fish sauce. And the way that fish sauce interacts with food it makes it so it adds that extra savory depth and complexity to your dish without actually tasting like the ingredient itself. And I think that's kind of the magic of fish sauce. But personally for me, besides just cooking it for everything, um, I always tell people for who are just starting out with fish sauce, just cook it with your spaghetti. I know that David Chang, one of his favorite things, instead of Parmesan, you use fish sauce instead, and it still adds that umami and that complex flavor to it. Yeah, we were talking to another one of our chefs who was talking to us about putting miso um, in his spaghetti. So I do think that some of these ingredients that you typically, you know, it's like you hear it, you're like, no, that would, that does not belong. They actually do belong. Um, and it, it's kind of the back note and it, it gives you that depth of flavor. So. Well, it's anchovy. Yeah. I mean, and we always talk on the show about anchovies, yeah. our love of anchovies. And also the fact that anchovies are kind of the secret weapon mm-hmm. in many kitchens can be used in a number of ways that it's great with lamb and it's great with just adding depth of flavor. And to your point, in some regard, this is just a liquid form of fermented anchovy, which mm-hmm. again, everybody should be using it. Yeah. I mean, it, and like when I think of anchovies, my immediate thought goes to Italian food just because that's how I was raised. And But it really covers so many different cuisines. We put fish sauce even in ice cream, so it's very versatile, and people use that. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk to us about scaling this business because you- uh, It took five years, right? You, and you were in the tech, it sounds like you were in the tech business before, working for Apple perhaps, is what you said? Right. Yes. How did you go from the tech industry to the food industry? That must have been a big challenge. It must have been fun too. I mean, although not there's nothing not fun about technology, right. but- Going from one industry to another, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, I wish I'd done this sooner than uh, 
it's just because my mother, right? We miss the cooking, we miss the food and all that, and we discover fish sauce is the key ingredient. So to your point, it's exactly the challenge, right? You're creating the product, you're getting into the hand of the consumer, people love it, and then you have to worry about the next step, how you, you know, creating, you know, scaling it up. And I've learned it during, you know, my time at Apple. And sometimes you can be a victim of your own success. You know, if you do create something, creating so much demand that you cannot keep up with it, and, and basically you're failing. So um, I live through, I worked with Apple for over 20 years when the company was like, you know, less than a few hundred million dollars a year go to a billion dollars. So scaling is always a challenge at the time. And I've learned a lot of that, you know, so we're kind of like predicting the future, you know, how much consumers going to need. And then you have to look at from different aspects in terms of how you source your raw material, which is the fish, you know, how many boats we need, the barrel house, how many barrels we need. So we have to look out for, you know, um, planning for increment increase in terms of how much volume we can produce and predict. So, so when I first started it, when people tested it and they say, are you sure you can do this? Can you do, you know, two times the volume, four times the volume, 10 times the volumes? And I say, well, you know, it's a nice problem to have, but in fact, it is the problem. So from getting the fish, getting it fermented, and then maintain the quality, and then dealing with logistics. So work through the high-tech industry that helped me get through a lot of the supply chain challenges so that we can, you know, look ahead and prevent some of the, you know, got you if you're not um, carefully prepared for. So, so we've learned that. In the past, when I was with Apple, as the company was growing back then. Tiffany, did you? Um, I I I don't think that you were like a little girl dreaming of, you know, getting into the fish sauce business. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but um, tell me a little bit about you know, kind of growing up in this uh, in this business. It's funny. So, like my dad said, he started this back in 06, 07. And our inside joke is that when my dad first mentioned buying a fish sauce factory in Vietnam, we thought he was having a midlife crisis. But <laughs> back in 06 and 07, I was still in middle school. So, in some sense, growing up, in some ways, it felt like I took it for granted or it felt really normalized just to have food be a part of my life and growing up with the family business. But just like every teenager who's just, um, whose dad wants you to get involved in a family business, you say no. And so I spent the first few years after college doing my own thing. I majored in environmental science. And I think I came to the realization that the legacy that my dad built with Red Boat and understanding the impact that it made in terms of America's perception of fish sauce, it was something that I didn't necessarily want to see disappear. I wanted to see our family continue doing this and also just to continue the tradition of making fuwak fish sauce. And so back in 2018, both my sister and I made the decision to quit our full-time jobs and then we transitioned to the family business. That's really cool. Great story. Yeah. Well, this has been really wonderful to hear from you both. Thank you for joining us 
you're Californians, but you're uh, in in the homeland today, which is great. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us all the way from Saigon. Um, I would love to go and make a visit to this uh, factory. We would love that to be able we, to come. We've got to go to Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. So just let us know when you're here and we'll make it happen. List. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again for joining us. Really been a, a pleasure and, and very informative. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. You can watch this episode on YouTube and see more behind the scenes content by following us on Instagram by searching at Ingredient Insiders.